You're listening to the Awkward Single Life Podcast. My name is Tiffany Hines. I am a singer, songwriter, a creative who also is a single woman who finally put language to mine and others' dating experiences. Dating culture is awkward. I've heard so many untold stories from men and women, and the time has come to share them. And as your homegirl, I got you. We'll talk sexuality, dating, breakups, singleness, marriage, and all the craziness in between and how to give God glory in it. No matter what age you are, it's going to be a wild ride. So let's get to it. Once upon a time, there was a young girl who lived on the low end of Chicago. She lived in a small cohort neighborhood of low-income housing called Ida B. Wells. Her name was, mm, let's call her Biffany. <laughs> she grew up in a single-parent home with a loving mom and beautiful sisters who she adored for the most part. I am already tired of talking about myself in the third person, so I'm going to just let that go. We're going to rewind, okay? Once upon a time, there was a young girl who lived on the low end of Chicago in the Ida B. Wells housing projects. Her name was Tiffany, and that's me. My family went to church a lot, like a lot, lot. We didn't just go to church, y'all. We pretty much lived there. Here's that weekly itinerary. Sunday, we got Sunday morning um, Sunday school. Then we got morning service, night service. Tuesday, Bible study, Thursday, prayer meeting, Friday, choir rehearsal, wash, rinse, and repeat. I personally like loved it. I loved being at church. It was actually there where I first made the decision. I was going to wait until marriage to have sex. I noticed a pattern of young family members becoming parents pretty young and it terrified me. I just felt like it would happen to me on the first try I'd be pregnant. So I locked that thing up as time went along. My reasons weren't just teenage pregnancy, but also not to go to hell because it's a real place people. And then into college, my reasons grew because you know, it's the right thing to do. Now, backing up high school and college years, my passion for honoring God with my body by sustaining for sex, it was really strong. I even got a little reputation on campus for it. <laughs> Tiffany, the cool nun, church girl, or, you know, the typical stuck up thing. Now, hear me out there. Definitely was some intense makeout sessions during these periods of times, but whose sex was off the table. What I didn't also like recognize is that I was pretty infatuated with virginity and the idea of waiting. So I grew up in that hyper climax of the purity movement. And it was honestly like it was beautiful to me. Like I remember that like if there was a tattoo temporarily because you know, I was too afraid of needles. I would have probably gotten it. I would have gotten the shirt, the socks, whatever it took. Like I just was all about it. So it's no diss, you know, to, to that move, movement. I, I did think it was beautiful. I'm waiting to experience like this amazing 
sex full and sin free life like of marriage. It was something that I just thought about all the time. I grew up in a single parent home, so I always fantasized about a two parent household and experiencing someone like love me enough to marry me and want me to be around like every day because I didn't see that. What made it even more beautiful to me is marrying young. My older sister, she married very young and I thought it was like super cool. Then we could like run around like two little horny horses with only eyes for each other, you know, just this cute flutter eye blinking, whatever. Um, But as conservative as my home was and and myself, I was pretty conservative about sharing about about sharing my feelings about my sexuality. I was still very curious about sex. So When I got to college and I met my soul sisters and my roomies, we intentionally gave each other just the open space to be able to talk, to share and not make sex such a taboo subject. So either sex is going to be a good thing and we look at it that way and place it in the right context or it's going to be bad. I honestly, like, as I evaluated my perspective, I had to be honest and say that I often gave some advice to friends that would share with me their sex lives. Like, I I just gave them, of course, you know, the Bible and what the Bible said about sex, but I had no real life experience. And man, my confidence game was strong in using language like, It's easy if you don't do it. Just don't have him sleep over. Come on, boundaries, people. I really did. And I still do say it from like a caring and sincere heart. But I had a lot of confidence that I'd be married by 25. And this holding out wouldn't be too long because virgins get married young. Somebody out there. I hear you. You're ready to try and treat my life, but I did not come up with this. It's it's hard for some people to even like believe. Okay, it's hard for some people to believe that systemic racism exists. Systemic Christian relational beliefs is a real thing. Okay, things that have been said, like if you are a virgin woman, men find you more attractive because you're wholesome. (laughs) or you've got like the virgin glow um, that God's going to bless you financially because you've been faithful in preserving this gift. And regardless how some people may feel, I do think sex is a gift regardless of when you give it. It's a very personal and unique. It's like a part of your makeup. No one has the same penis as you. No one has the same vagina as you. So it's, it's special. So I wanted to take some time in this to just really urge young teens, young women, even older women to just be careful when you're encouraging young girls about valuing their sexuality. Just be careful to not equate their decisions and good deeds with blessings because what can subliminally grow is entitlement and maybe disappointment. I really want you to hear me out on this matter because I I really do take it seriously because no no matter what someone will say listening to this podcast, 
You don't know my high regard I have about sex and how it honors God in marriage. So if you're a parent listening, I ask you to not take my words and twist them and water them down and say, oh, she doesn't really care and value abstinence that much. Or she's just more liberal than Tiffany. I'm just asking you to listen. Please listen, okay? So many times when parents and youth pastors and pastors, sex education teachers, you know, in school, the whole purity movement, they're teaching our young women and men about sex. We don't show them how to navigate their actual sexuality. Sexuality does not have to disappear, but it does need to be nurtured and guided. And very rarely is it celebrated. Like we celebrate in some households, a girl's period, and that's it. But when it comes to her sexuality and his sexuality, it's not celebrated. So when it's not those things that I just mentioned and that first vagina bump your daughter feels or your son's involuntary erection happens, they don't know what to do (laughs) and immediately feel shame. Why are we so afraid to talk about sex and our own sexual experiences with our children, with with people younger than us that are close to us until like after something happens? Like, please prepare your babies like we were made to enjoy physical touch. Our skin loves it. They already enjoy some form of physical pleasure. So you've you've literally parents, you've literally touched on your child's skin as they were babies and toddlers. And I don't mean that in like some weird, um, illegal pedophilia way, but we, we, you've always touched on their skin and, and it's because, you know, it's soothing. It's something that they enjoy and like. So guide them to a healthy sexuality so they won't think everything sexual or sensual is a sin because it's not. So I'm going to just go back to the whole marrying young. Um, I, I don't know what parents and role models tell young men that are virgins, but as a woman and once a girl, I know what young women are told. Your vagina is a prize and it's meant for your husband. Um, we often like as virgins, we up, we obsess about marriage and we talk about it with our friends a lot. And we like low key have secret virgin societies because regardless of what people think virgins they definitely get ridiculed and don't have like a safe place to talk about stuff outside of you know the church on the pulpit talking about it and that's just kind of awkward like we're we're not going to do that nor do they want to hide or feel like them expressing themselves is a bad thing virginity is still a sexual preference and decision y'all in an effort like to preserve that sexual decision, virgin women often don't date. And we would just ward off men from even trying to approach. Of course, not always intentional, but it, it sure does happen anyway. So their dating life tends to suck. Often virgins don't know much about their bodies and how they function because somehow learning researching and exploring your body is the same as masturbation. And trust me, we will save that whole talk of masturbation for another day. 
But in my opinion, I just believe that we think it's it's okay not to know anything about our bodies and to minimize just a very natural desire our bodies want. Because when we are young, somehow we can't even fathom that we will still be single at 30 years old. Like we love Jesus. We've preserved our bodies. We fine. And who wouldn't want a virgin woman and all, all the perks that come with that. But you know, the reality is a lot of men don't <laughs> want a virgin. And the reality is a lot of women don't want a virgin. So you could be fine and you could still be very single. You could be 40, fine, single and a virgin. And we'll be out here not knowing anything about our body parts or believing you have to wait until you're married to wear a tampon. That isn't really cute at 30 years old for you to not know how, like the anatomy of your body. So it it sounds nice when we tell our, our girls that, but those girls, not everybody gets married at 23 and 25 and at 30 and at 35, like you got to learn your body. You, you, that's your body. Okay. Um, <laughs> I could just go on and on about that, but like you have to, I mean, have to have a healthy perspective of the place your sexuality holds in your life because one it's not everything, but it is significant. So praying for God to give you a healthy reverence for sex that is not based on the assumption that you will be married young or that you will be married at all. It has to be based out of obedience to God. If you desire to be married, please keep praying and share the, the, share the desires of your heart with God. Allow him to continuously show you your heart, your, show you your heart posture and Everything pertaining to virginity and how you even perceive others that are not virgins. Because let me tell you something. When your friend who's had a few sex partners gets married before you and they wasn't even thinking about marriage, don't care nothing about it, and it just happens, it could potentially start to carry some like heavy weights of questioning and disappointment. How did that happen? Like, you're, you're just trying to figure out, like, I've been praying. <laughs> I've been faithful. I haven't done anything. And here my friend is, got married before me. And not everybody's marriage sucks. <laughs> so speaking of that, um, I wanted to also share even some myths about virginity. One, virginity promises, promises you a healthy married life. It doesn't. Virginity does not promise us a healthy married life. It can preserve a lot of things, but this this thought that of when you're young of of what it does, it doesn't solve everything in a marriage sexually. Number two, virginity promises you a healthy sex life. No, you still got to work at it, and um, you guys may suck at it for a while. Um, <laughs> it doesn't promise you that you're going to be with this high sex drive. Like it, it doesn't promise us these things, um, just based off of the deed of not and abstaining. 
virginity promises you a faithful marriage. That's not true. There are a lot of people who have waited to have sex until marriage and they still have infidelity issues within their marriage because virginity does not equal purity. So God honors the faithfulness over perfection. He wants us to honor our bodies because they are our own temples. So as a woman, me, Tiffany, that values sex, marriage, and virginity, but who has also had sex and the process of mental and emotional healing it's taken to just overcome my own voice in my head I I just felt as personal as it is to me to share this and please know these words don't come easy for me to share I am a private person and I'm also careful about what I say because honestly my livelihood like I work in ministry and I'm just that's just a real thing that's another conversation um I also am very honest and will share my experiences if I feel like it will benefit someone. And it's just not for the sake of of sharing my business because that's that's what you do when you're young. (laughs) When you're a teenager, you share your business because it's cute. No, if it's going to help someone or if it's going to help me grow. But it's no more because, you know, it's just a fun thing to do to bond. <laughs> but um, I really, really do hope like that this helps someone. Um, I am now, I am very careful of how I talk about virginity and how I talk about sex. I do not use the term, quote, losing my virginity anymore because it was not taken. It was given. And even though we, like as a society, have used that term for so long I mean don't they sound kind of sad like even if you say it about your spouse like I lost my virginity to my husband I lost my virginity to my wife like it's just a sad way to kind of say it and I feel like learning better terms and and better language is gonna help us have like a healthy perspective of sex even if we acted on it outside of the will of God. So how can someone attain or obtain a healthy perspective of virginity? One, these are my opinions. These are things that I've practiced and have walked through and also seen in other people's lives. So number one, gratitude. Because it is the grace of God that you are living out sexual self-control. It is not your own doing, okay? Often we think it is. I know I showed, no, I thought I did. I did because I wasn't dating anybody. Nobody was interested that I knew. Um, But then once you get into the pit, (laughs) you know what I mean? it's, It's really like the grace of God. Um, and not in your own doing. Number two, check that heart. I Like I said before, virginity does not equal purity. There's a lot of virgins out here that are liars, thieves. <laughs> it does not equal that. And so 
that 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 is important. Number three, listening. Listen to your other friends' perspectives and struggles to have had sex. I think this is a really healthy way to have the, a right perspective of virginity. You to, to hear other people so that you don't become too highly minded about yourself. Um, but it's a great it's a great thing. It's a great decision. But you definitely need to have some people around you to to just stay grounded in what other people's realities may be. Um, and then that other one I have is um, educate yourself on your body and learn how to embrace your sexuality. I'm going to say it again. When it comes to obtaining and attaining a healthy perspective of virginity, educate yourself on your body and learn how to embrace your sexuality. Number five, there is no shame to being a virgin. And there is no shame in having sex. Okay? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm still walking through that part. But I also know, because I know God's word, that if there is any shame present, then it's not God. It's not God. So there is no shame to being a virgin. Celebrate that. And there is no shame to having sex. To those of you um, who have virgin friends, don't treat them like they don't have a brain or sexual desires. They are not alien species, okay? And do not encourage them to sin. Christianity has not beaten anybody in the West over the head. So it was their choice and it is your choice if you are a Christian um, to be a Christian. So in that choice, God wants us, if we love him, to follow his commandments. Point blank, period. And so um, that's all I have to say for today. There's so much more coming about this topic um, with other friends and other people who I admire, who just add so many great things to this. But um, that's my tidbit on virginity doesn't promise marriage. We just wrapped up episode number four of The Awkward Single Life. And I hope that this episode really helped you think. I hope it even like I hope you disagreed with something I said and that you'll go and have dialogue with a friend or some friends or a family member. This show is definitely worth a subscription, guys. OK, so go ahead and subscribe and follow this show. We have I have so much more content that I want to share. If you could do me a huge favor and give this show a review on Apple Podcasts, I'd really appreciate it. If you have a friend you think could really benefit from this episode, copy the link and send it to them in a text message. I would love to hear from you. And if you have any feedback, questions, or even topics you'd like to hear on this podcast, please email me at awkwardsinglelife at gmail.com. Or you can check me out on Instagram, Tiffany Hines Music, or my website, tiffanyhinesmusic.com. Thank you, and I'll see you soon.